Welcome to the worship and work of Northminster Church on this Sunday affectionately called Low Sunday. I don't take that personally because you're here. You've done your best to make it not as low. But it's the Sunday across all of Christendom that has the smallest church attendance of any day of the year. We do Easter so big and bad, don't have anything left for the Sunday after Easter. <laughs> but we worship on this Sunday because the worship of God goes on. High, low, on we go. So we invite you to participate in worship this morning. All are welcome here. All are welcome at the table of our Lord, because it's not our table, it's God's table, and God's people are always all welcomed. Part of the work of the church is to support those in our community um, who've been a part of our lives, and this afternoon uh, at three o'clock here in the sanctuary, two of our uh, students from ULM that have, who have sung with us, Jennifer Smith and Preston Anderson. Preston is here. That's Preston right back there. Thank you, uh, Preston. They'll be singing for, uh, presenting a concert this afternoon as a fundraiser. Now, as you know, we do not charge admission because it's the church, right? But we do take donations because it's the church. <laughs> and donations to these two to help them on these summer programs that they'll be involved in um, would be greatly appreciated. We also have prayer concerns uh, this morning that uh, didn't make it into your bulletin. Be sure to be aware of those that are there. Um, some of you have been asking about Dibble Pate, uh, Dibble Fell and uh, broke her hip. She was in surgery this morning and we just got word that she has made it out of the surgery and that the surgery went well. So your prayers for her would be appreciated. Uh, Tracy Sandow is seriously ill, as many of you know, and is undergoing tests at this time. and would appreciate your prayers. Tim Jackwist's uh, sister is suffering from brain tumors and needs our prayers, especially this morning. Uh, the church goes on, as I've said, whatever the Sunday, and we have gathered, a, are gathering a group of people who are trying to imagine a place where grace is without limit and offered to all, and that place is called Northminster. How will we keep the word of Northminster going? long beyond us, into further generations? How can we revitalize the church in such a way that maybe on low Sunday uh, it's just a packed house and not a fully packed running over the aisles house? How can we make it so that the witness of Northminster continues? And what ways can we reach out to those in the community that need to hear what we have to offer at Northminster. So a task group is forming to ask those questions and to look at the future of Northminster for 
generations to come. If you'd like to be a part of that group to envision this future, we invite you to join us. Please just let me know. Let us now be called to worship with the words of Psalm 150. Declare your praise to God. Praise God throughout all creation. God has done wondrous things. Sing praises. Sing your praises to the one whose greatness is unsurpassed. Make your praises with the sound of trumpets. Let your lutes and your harps make music. Let the tambourines sound. Let the dance begin. Praise God with strings and pipes. Let everything that has life and breath praise God. Praise Praise be to God.
reading from the Acts. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings, and you are determined to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we are witnesses of these things. And so the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. God of grace and love and tender mercy, look mercifully on your children. Some of us are hurting in body. Some of us are hurting in mind. Some of us are hurting in spirit. Some of us are hurting in body, mind, and spirit. We pray for your healing mercies and restorative power. Bring comfort to those in grief. Be with them in their loss and use us to be your presence of tender, loving care. O Lord, where the hell of war rages, bring the paradise of your peace. Stop the madness of reigning destruction on the innocent. In Ukraine and anywhere, life struggles against death. O God, on this Orthodox Easter, resurrect the hopes of a nation and for freedom in all the world. Hear us, O God, as we pray and perfect our prayers with actions of grace and mercy to others. In Christ's name we pray and let the people say, Amen.
Gospel according to John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not, do not doubt, but believe. Jesus answered him, or Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Are you feeling a little down on this low Sunday? Maybe a little down on yourself. Maybe you're giving yourself a hard time in ways that others could never do it because you're better at giving yourself a hard time than anyone. When I get to feel that way, and I get to feel that way, I read the Bible. And the result of reading the Bible is the realization of how many of the characters in the Bible with whom we can relate. There are people like us, only more so in some cases. The role models of Scripture are role models of failure and forgiveness, struggle and suffering, trial and error, guilt and grace, ever faithless humans and an ever faithful God. Since Adam had him, Eve helped. Abraham had plenty of faith but panicked under political pressure. Isaac was a joke. In fact, his name means laughter. And he was too weak to lead. Jacob was a con artist. Joseph was a pampered brat. Moses was a murderer as well as a mutterer who never could follow instructions right. 
And he was the giver of the commandments. The judges were bloodthirsty. Saul was a madman. David was an adulterer who covered his tracks with murder. The kings were corrupt. The prophets were always too young or too old or too scared to do the job. And the New Testament characters don't come across much better. Joseph was clueless. Mary was naive. Peter, the rock, rolled right over Jesus when things got tough. The disciples all forsook Jesus and fled and then blamed it all on Judas, who just happened to be the treasurer and could get the blame for everything. Paul, an alias for Saul, was a mass murderer. In fact, he was a perpetrator of genocide. Isn't it amazing what God has done considering what God has had to work with. I mean, if you wanted to prove the veracity of an account, would you go into all the sleazy details about these faults and foibles of your key witnesses? But the Bible is more concerned with being real than with being right, and so should we. We get to feeling pretty good by the time we get to our text today. For there among the core of believers is a doubter. There among the affirmers, a questioner. Here is someone we can work with and we can relate to so well. We've all stood where Thomas stands in the story. Doubts are us. Have you ever wanted to share your doubts with someone who would understand? Someone who wouldn't dismiss or otherwise diss you? Do you know churches which are not the place for your doubts? Not a place where you can express yourself if yourself is not the acceptable party line. Not a place where you can say what you genuinely think and feel. This text today is for all the doubters through all the ages who have struggled to believe the unbelievable and conceive the inconceivable, those doubtful by nature or training or circumstance. Doubting is natural. We all have bouts with doubts. But what this text does is gives us something to do with our doubt or better, some place to go with our doubt. By its inclusion in the canon of Holy Scripture, the Bible blesses doubt as a step on the journey of faith. Give me someone who's worked through their doubts any day over someone who's never had a doubt at all. The one who has struggled through will probably be stronger in the end. Here's what the text tells us to do with our doubts. Take it to the source. Take your doubts to the Lord. The Lord can take it. Sometimes others cannot. Parents, partners, peers may not be able to take your doubts, but God can, always has, always will. So let us join Thomas this morning and let him take us to Jesus. Take our doubts to the Lord. So we might ask Thomas, Thomas, hey, got a minute? Thomas would stand stock still and look at us in the eyes, eyes that would seem to say he knows what you're about to ask before you ask it. 
We just need to talk to someone who can understand where we're coming from. This doubting business. When did it start for you? Were you dubious from the beginning? When you first met up with Jesus, did you think, who is this guy and what is his problem? Did you go along to get along, although you had a lot of reservations? What about the miracles? Were they convincing or did you figure he knew how to pull off a few good tricks on a lot of gullible hicks? Had his teachings converted you to his kingdom or did you think them too esoteric and unrealistic? Was he man or God or both? Our doubts nag us, keep us awake sometimes at night. We doubt ourselves a lot. Was that part of your doubting, Thomas? We just don't trust ourselves, our instincts, our judgments, our decisions, our motives, our ability, our stability, ourselves. We think those who trust us are uninformed or foolish. Trust me? Are you kidding? We doubt if we can come through for anyone, even ourselves. And we doubt others. What is their angle? What do they really want from us? We doubt the good we see in them. In fact, we doubt the good we see, period. We feel no good and doubt that good can be at all. We even doubt God. Help us, Thomas. We're tied up in knots with doubt. We want to believe, but we can't get past the inconsistencies. We want proof. We want facts. We want to know. We want to know beyond the shadow of any doubt. Help us, Thomas. Don't turn our doubts away. And if you can't help us know, can you help us believe? After a long silence, Thomas might say something like this. If Thomas spoke in iambic 8787 metric interlocking rhyme, which he may have, Sometimes a doubt is what it takes to make a true believer. Without a doubt, you risk deceit by any true deceiver. I doubted truth to find the truth among each coy pretender. Before you render up your soul, be sure of your surrender. Call me a doubter if you must, if it makes you feel stronger. But when I viewed his wounded flesh, then I could doubt no longer. I fell before him on my knees with all my praise to offer. He is my risen Lord and God. How could I doubt thereafter? Okay, I wrote the poem. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> but I was trying to find a way to, to hear what he felt. We know for Thomas, seeing was believing. The text is clear in the words of Jesus to Thomas. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. How did Thomas come to be the way he was? How did Thomas come to doubt? Why did he resist the good news of the risen Lord? We don't have the backstory of Thomas. Only his doubt. And how Jesus came to him and overcame his doubts with faith. Thomas doubted Jesus, but Jesus never doubted Thomas. 
Jesus could have cut Thomas from his flock, banished him for disbelief, but he didn't. He provided personal proof for the doubter. Jesus believed enough for both of them and believed for Thomas until Thomas could finally believe again. So when it comes to believing, could it be that Jesus believes in us long before we can or will believe in him? Much is made of our act of belief in Jesus But could it be that we can only believe in Jesus because he's already believed in us? For Thomas, seeing was believing, yet the ones who are blessed according to Jesus are those for whom believing is seeing. We can't see the love of God around us until we believe. Somehow God believes in us enough to trust us with that gift of seeing. God believes in us. We believe in God. And in God we see. We see the way and work of God in the world. Like Thomas, we're called to share what we see with those everywhere. Thomas surely did. I doubt her no more. Thomas went on to spread the gospel and start churches as far away as India. And Thomas is celebrated as the patron saint of India because of it. A doubter can travel far when Jesus believes in you despite your doubt. How far can we travel? If we who believe in order to see are objects of Christ's belief, we can travel as far as next door to invite a neighbor in distress to a caring congregation like ours. We can travel across town to invite friends who doubt a church would have them to a church which will not only have them, but believe in them. We can travel as far as YouTube will take us. Now imagine that. And imagine you would ever hear a minister from a pulpit saying that. We can travel as far as YouTube will take us to nurture the lives of digital disciples. We can travel as far as our faith can take us to see what God is doing in the world and to join God there brave enough to care like Christ cared. People of faith have always faltered, always had flaws. The people of God have always doubted, but God never doubted us, not even the Thomases among us. Always entrusted fallible followers like us with the power of the resurrection promise. Christ is risen Christ is risen indeed. Believe it to see it. Believe it because God in Christ Jesus believes in you. Thank you.
same way, we don't have to imagine his life poured out. We can see it. We can hear it. We can taste it. The life of our Lord poured out. Thank you. 